I'm uh, shocked and deeply saddened by the invasion of Ukraine. Shocked because it feels like the mid-20th century, not the third decade of the 21st century. We thought that the days of authoritarian strongmen bestriding the narrow world like a colossus were over. We thought that the collapse of the Soviet Union heralded a new birth of freedom for war-torn Europe and that even its weaker nations could be left in peace to be masters of their own fate. We assume that the days of hulking war machines, chewing up hallowed grounds, and strewing wholesale destruction were gone forever, that we were never again see swollen rivers of refugees in the birthplace of Western civilization. We thought that especially the countries of Europe had left behind for good the brutality of the 20th century, that those days were over, they would never return. How quaint, how lovely. Such a fine statement on what human beings could be if only they weren't human. Alas, history takes no shortcuts. It does not simply leap over its treacherously inconvenient parts. If we speed ahead too quickly, if we assume naively that human beings are forever changed, that we have evolved from the cataclysm of 70 million dead in a war to end all wars, and that we will never again engage in the folly of war on the European continent, that the deliberate annihilation of six million Jews forever extinguished Jew hatred, if we are so naive, we will be shocked again and again and again. And worse, we will find ourselves grievously unprepared walking under the Colossus' huge legs, peeping about to find ourselves dishonorable graves. Because at its most basic, the problem is not in this or that policy or even in this or that egomaniacal strongman. The fault is not in our stars, but in ourselves. It is the darn human race. We are so constructed as to make our climb out of the swamp exceedingly slow and acutely savage. There is no absolute good in human affairs. There is only relative good. Our tradition insists that freedom is better than subjugation and liberty is better than oppression. And for this reason, Jews are commanded to support those who fight for freedom. Not because we believe that freedom fighters are perfect, but because they fight for a better cause than those who oppress. The Allies knew perfectly well that Stalin was a monster. But as Winston Churchill said, if Hitler invaded hell, I would make at least a favorable reference to the devil in the House of Commons.
And once Hitler was defeated, the West turned its attention to containing successfully the Soviet Union. Now we are engaged in a renewed test of wills, will between the democratic West and the non-democracies. That is what is at stake and is so starkly revealed this week in Eastern Europe. It is difficult to describe the opponents. They are a dangerous collection of authoritarian, power-grabbing, liberty-suppressing, nuclear-armed ideologies that threaten all who are free. Have no illusions. If Putin succeeds, and I say Putin because it is not at all obvious to me that the Russian people approve of this invasion. If Putin succeeds in suppressing Ukraine's aspirations to be free of Russia, it will not end with Ukraine. China is watching. North Korea is watching. Iran is watching. Belarus is already a Russian vassal. The Baltic states, the countries of the former Soviet Union, the Persian Gulf states, Israel and its rejectionist neighbors, all are watching to see if we have what it takes to defend our principles. In retrospect, it is clear that Putin's successful takeover of Crimea in 2014 with little opposition from the West was the first shot in this week's invasion. Perceiving Western weakness, sensing our domestic polarization that he himself helped to foment, and viewing America's return to a sane and traditional foreign policy after four years of America first, he chose this time to invade. The folly of America first brings tears of anger to my eyes. It is a perversion of American values. The United States is not perfect, far from it. We have made enormous mistakes and committed many immoral acts. But one lesson that we should have learned from the blood-soaked 20th century is that we cannot escape the world. It is either world order or world anarchy. And if it is to be world anarchy, it will find us and exact pain upon us. There is a price that must be paid to preserve liberty. It turns out that international alliances are important. It turns out that NATO is important. And it is not only a matter of studying history. Religion, too, instructs us that power-hungry authoritarians will not stop until someone stops them. The Torah states, I, God, know that the king of Egypt will let you go only because of a greater might. Freedom 
is Judaism's master narrative. But our faith also teaches that freedom must be fought for. Greater might, not the better angels of our nature, accounted for the freedom of the Hebrew slaves. Such as our world is now, only power can stop power. Pharaoh never relinquishes power on his own. The taskmaster must be compelled. I wish it weren't so. I wish that human beings would be so evolved by now as to make war obsolete. Peace is the original state of humanity. All was tranquil in the Garden of Eden. We yearn to get back to Eden. Paradise lost and paradise regained. But we learn from Jewish tradition that the Messianic era is beyond the horizon. There is still a very long way to go. Human progress is akin to trench warfare measured in yards, not in miles. Our sages assured us that we can get there. We can create a world where nation shall not lift up sword against nation, a world where every person shall sit under vine and fig tree unafraid. But we can get there only if we do not succumb to the temptation to leap over phases of history that must be slogged through. We are in for many years of struggle. China is rising, and Russia is in the grip of a ruthless and merciless man supported by cynical oligarchs who preach the gospel of raw, brutal, and naked power. My ears perked up this week upon hearing Putin assert that Ukraine has no right to exist. It is, of course, the same accusation hurled against Israel by its enemies. See how dangerous is the poisoned arrow of illegitimacy aimed at the heart of another country. See how treacherous is the curse of delegitimation once released from the Pandora's box of all manner of human passions. Putin's belief that Ukraine is an illegitimate state propelled him to launch this savage war. Using the same language as Israel's enemies, he characterized the Russian effort as a denazification invasion. Ukraine's president is a Jew whose grandfather fought the Nazis in the Soviet army. But abject abnegation corrupts the better angels of our nature, fomenting our churning 
passions into a tempest of tribulation. In a sobering lesson to Israel and all those facing rapacious enemies, Russian and Western guarantees after the fall of the Soviet Union to honor Ukrainian security in exchange for releasing its nuclear weapons meant nothing. It was not even worth the paper it was written upon. Ukraine is alone. All alone. I feel overwhelming sadness today. Sadness for the people of Ukraine. I am naturally inclined to those who incline towards us freedom lovers. Ukraine is a bountiful land with beautiful cities that will be chewed up by tanks and split apart by bombs. I cannot help but feel connected to Ukraine. Many of our ancestors, grandparents, great-grandparents came from there. Great Jewish teachers lived and produced Judaism there. I am aware of the troubling record of Ukraine and its Jews. I fear that as things deteriorate in Ukraine, that the old monster of Jew hatred will once again emerge from the shadows. There is a large Jewish community still in Ukraine including progressive synagogues. I worry about them. For all those anti-Zionists in our ranks, know that there is no such person now in the whole of Ukrainian Jewry. The Jewish agency is flooded with daily requests from Ukrainian Jews to get to Israel. Anti-Zionism is a luxury of those contently ensconced in heated lecture halls and comfortable quads. But for Jews in trouble, for oppressed Jews, for Jewish refugees, they all know that there is one place on earth that will take them in, one place they can call home, one place that wants them, one place they will be welcomed and embraced. Given the tragic, blood-soaked history of our people. If that is all that Zionism accomplished, Dianum, that alone would be enough. I've been thinking all week about our synagogue mission to Russia and Ukraine in 2008. Those of you who were here in those times, do you remember? Ivan, you were on that trip. We brought a Torah to the Progressive Synagogue in Cherkasy. That was our centennial year. 
when our congregation wrote a new Torah, the one chanted from every week by our B'nai Mitzvah students. Some of them wrote letters in that Torah. Upon completion of that scroll, we felt that we had an extra Torah with which we could do a great mitzvah and decided to bring our sacred text to a new community emerging from the slumber of communist oppression. I wonder about them now. Where are they? Are they safe? Is our Torah scroll undamaged? I'm reminded today of the feelings I had 14 years ago on that plane back from Eastern Europe from that mission, on our final approach to JFK, looking down on gorgeous Long Island, the late afternoon sunshine shimmering on the blue ocean, the soft golden rays bouncing against the boats docked in the harbors and the yachts sailing the bays. I felt waves of overwhelming relief and gratitude spill over me. America looked so peaceful, so beckoning, and so miraculous. I thought to myself, I could have been born in Russia. My mother came from Russia and been subjected to the deprivation and soul-numbing stultification of communism and authoritarianism. I could have been born in Ukraine, where so many of our ancestors were confined by totalitarians to the pale of settlement and whose descendants were slaughtered by successive waves of anti-Semites. As the wheels of the plane touched the ground of America. I remember thinking to myself, how manifold are my blessings. By some sto stroke of prescience, dumb luck, or simple good fortune, someone in my family's past made decisions that brought me here to the land of the free and the last best hope on earth. Shabbat Shalom. <laughs>